This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 103 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products, Equestrian Collections, and Equisketch. Chris Stafford and Heather Blitz is back in the ring with me this week. Hi, Heather. Hey, Chris. We're back to spar with each other again, right? Yeah, it seems that the listeners quite enjoy you beating me up on the show. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of my favorite pastimes, so thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, glutton for punishment, right? Yeah. Um, well, yes, and that, that was one of, course, our very uh, most loyal listeners, Robert Dunn, who listens to us avidly every week, and he seems to enjoy us. Uh, uh, enjoy it when you come on the show, and uh, of course you always bring some val- value and a little bit of distinction to the show, so thank you for joining me again. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad I can be useful somehow. <laughs> well, you know, I'll beat you up too if I get the chance, but uh, we, we, better, we better behave ourselves this week because you have brought a guest along with you, haven't you? I have. We have my... Um Student and friend and um, actually barn manager at the moment also, Hannah Michaels on with us. She's from uh, Maine, but now from Florida. So hi, Hannah. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hi, Hannah. Well, wel- welcome to the show. So, um, you. you know, between us, we should be able to uh, beat Heather at whatever game we're going to play this week. Oh, now we- I think we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's tough. I'm scared now. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, we've got just a couple of items of news, Heather. Well, uh, there was, of course, Hagen CDI three-star last week, and I don't know if you saw the results to that, Heather, but uh, Laura Bechtelsheimer with Mistral Horace um, had it all her own way. She had a yeah, fa- what, well, I think I saw an 80 or something in the Grand Prix, is that right? Yeah, fantastic result for her. She just won everything. Wow. And then she also had Andretti over there who also won in the small tour, so she had a fantastic result. And uh, Carl Hester, of course, the other British rider, he was second to her as well. So he had a he had a great time too. Um, nice for the Brits to show this and strut their stuff in Hagen because that's a nice little show, isn't it? Yeah, little show. I think they said sixty five hundred, sixty five thousand people, spectators came, and I don't know how many different Grand Prix tours they have there. But I mean, reading the results takes an hour. <laughs> It does. <laughs> well, to save you all um, us reading these results, uh, I'm going to put a link, of course, on our website for the full results from Hagen CDI Three Star last week in Germany. And you know, Heather, we had a question, and I, I think I talked to you about this. Um, the the question came up when I was talking to Kim Kreling when we reviewed uh, the Remacra FEI World Cup final just last week on the show and Kem Krelling of course is a very well-known German dressage journalist but between us neither of us could come up with the answer to who places the judges around the arena so I got in touch with yeah so I called called up well emailed the US Equestrian Federation's uh, chef to keep a dressage manager over there Ava Salomon and her response was that she believes that the organizer allocates the classes and the seating for judges at national level 
And then for CDIs, CDIOs, it's customary for the president of the grand jury to place the judges for the classes. And usually the president of the grand jury will sit at sea during the highest uh, classes, the highest noted class, like the Grand Prix Freestyle, and the foreign judge at sea during the Grand Prix. And, uh, of course, there were seven judges in the World Cup um, at l- just last week, World Cup final. That's only going to apply to championships, the seven judges, because obviously it becomes quite expensive for organisers to have seven judges for regular competitions that only is only going to apply to the uh, world the championships and the world cup finals so the uh, seating allocations for for all the judges or uh, is a is a draw except for the judge at sea and <clears throat> as i say one for the for um championship competitions the fei um um allocates who's going to judge, who's going to be the president of the grand jury and they're notified in advance of the competition. Well, that's an interesting question one I've never thought about but since you brought it up I guess it's kind of interesting. So I yeah. can't imagine what it's like to ride for seven judges now. I haven't done that yet but maybe my time will come. Yeah, maybe your time will come. Hopefully it will because that would mean um HRH Paragon would be riding in a championship event. Now, you have to bring us up to date uh, with His Royal Highness. How is he doing? Well, His Royal Highness is fine. It's the jockey that I worry about. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe (laughs) Hannah, do do, do you worry about the jockey? I don't think so. Definitely not. (laughs) Heather's amazing. Paragon's amazing. They're an amazing Well. Paragon does love Hannah. I have to say that he looks for her all the time, and she cares for him every moment of the day. So he's in very good hands. But, um, you know, what I'm dealing with right now is just a matter of, um, you know, I'm trying to think about making this move from the small tour to get up to the big tour now and start his Grand Prix career, which, you know, really shouldn't be a problem for him because it's, the Piaf and Passage is really in him. I don't even really have to do much for him. He offers it. He wants to be, he, he offers more than I ask for. And the tempi changes are the ones that are almost the easiest thing he does all day long. And um, the pirouettes are really there. So it really isn't going to be, if I think about it, not big of a deal. But keeping myself from overriding him is a is the biggest challenge that I have right now because I, I think um, he's got a big career ahead of him in the Grand Prix internationally. And it is a pretty big challenge to not you know, go out in the ring and imagine, you know, the competition that I'll be up against every day. And if I do that too much, I know that I ride him differently than I should. Um, so it's been sort of a sort of an interesting and new big challenge for me. So if I if I think just normally and keep those thoughts out of my head very much, then we're doing completely fine. You know, just really fine. I don't have to get any more so than what pressure. he's giving me every day. What's that, Hannah? I said not so much pressure on yourself and the horse. You know. Yeah, and I, and I'm sure this happens to a lot of riders that are you know getting a, a nice horse up to a point where you know they have chances to do really well and. Um, that's happening to me right now. And it really is a, it's a serious thing to concentrate on, like how much should I expect from him every day? 
So it's really nice when, actually, Hannah, when you're sitting there by the ring and telling me that even if I think it's just a normal moment or that I'm not, that he's not doing that much, and you're saying, no, he still looks just amazing. So that definitely helps to have eyes on the ground from you. Um, Just keeping it all very real is a big, uh, is a big deal right now. But he's doing fantastic and he still loves his work. I just have to keep him loving his work. And he keeps building up his fan base too, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) He's a... Yeah. Loves his fans, Paragon. Yes, and, he, he, and of course you can join Paragon's fan page on Facebook. As always, we always put a link on our show notes, so you can join the many, many fans. It's amazing how many fans he has already, Heather. Well, and those are just the ones that have come out of the closet. You know, there are probably a lot of them that are still in the closet. Still in the closet. <laughs> that's right. That haven't even uh, joined his fan page. The closet fans, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you should mention that he is also a star on DressageClinic.com. Yes, he has. uh, He and I have a a segment on DressageClinic.com now, and um, that's our first time being on that website, so it's kind of exciting. I think it's like 45 minutes or so, and I'm just writing and talking about what I think I'm, you know, dealing with each moment, and it's, it's kind of fun. I well, I think it's more than there's a lot of value in that, Heather. I mean, I, I've I've watched it and it is extremely in, instructive and fascinating for people to watch exactly what you're thinking and verbalizing as you ride him in a training session at home. So I recommend that to anyone who's listening to go and check out dressageclinic.com and click on Heather's little button there on the front page. That was a brand new video, as you said, 45 minutes of you training him at home. But a great uh, addition there to dressageclinic.com. And I hope you'll, will you be doing more of that, Heather? Uh, Yeah, I think that's the plan um, to do, I don't know, it's like six or seven videos a year, I think is what they like to have. So there'll be more of Paragon and, also of some other lessons and other horses and um, whatever else we can get recorded. So that's a pretty neat concept. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. Well, we should explain why you've brought Hannah on the show with you this week because you, you're going to discuss a couple of training issues, which I think uh, should be fascinating for our listeners to to find it, to, to hear you unravel some very common problems I think that face so many riders no matter what level you're competing at so we're going to address some of those in in just a second but before we do I want to remind you of our sponsors Kentucky Performance Products because when horsemen were asked what they were looking for in a nutritional supplement the answer was easy and that's affordable effective and scientifically proven Kentucky Performance Products heard that message and developed supplements that meet those needs All of their supplements from Nalox, equine antacid to Summer Games electrolytes and joint armor are formulated based on sound research. The important thing is that you can count on them to deliver results and they're affordable. So to choose the right KPP supplement for your horse, visit kppusa.com or call 1-800-772-1988. And to learn more about horse nutrition and interact with the KPP experts, be sure to join their Facebook fan page. Well, I'm back with my co-host this week, Heather Blitz, and, and her assistant, I should say, Hannah Michaels. And you're going to be talking about uh, a couple of topics here, which I think uh, should be interesting listening for for our audience around the world uh, heather and i think the first one that i uh, that you and hannah are going to discuss is how do you know if you've got enough bend 
Well, Hannah, do you want to describe your question or where you, what in detail you want to know about that? Well, I think it's hard for a lot of people to know how much bend to ask for in a half pass or in a shoulder in, um, you know, whether, you know, it depends on the level of the horse or um, just about how much you really need to ask of the horse. Um, well, I think you're right that it is a really great question, and it's, um, it is one of a lot of riders at all levels, and um, maybe even more of lower-level riders than um, upper-level riders, even though on upper levels you're getting into a lot more movements that require bend. Um, but I'll start off with saying that my feeling is that normally bend is overdone by the majority of riders that I see. Um, the, the amount of bend you need... Uh, definitely has to go along with the amount of straightness that you can keep in your horse as far as the balance between left and right, that when you bend, you don't want to let the outside the shoulder. shoulder fall out. Yeah, um, that's a pretty common mistake. So if, you, if you're concerned about not having enough bend and then you go for a lot, you need to know pretty much about what it takes to keep the horse straight you know, and the the shoulders in the middle, the midline of the horse going so balanced, like you could put that midline on a balance beam no matter how much bend you have. Um, So, you know, that being said, you might spend the first part of your figuring this out, um, first knowing what straightness is. How straight they can be before you have the bend. Yeah. So and if your horse is really straight and let's say you're, you are really quite bent to the right and then but your horse is also the balance is not falling left when you bend right, then mm-hmm. a, a good test of being straight is that you could change the bend easily to the other side without taking, you know, a lot of time to do it. Right, so, and without was, losing the balance. Without losing the balance, right, or without your horse being kind of surprised, you know, that all of a sudden, why are you bending that way? I thought we were bent the other way. It shouldn't surprise your horse to be able to change the bend if they're staying balanced when they do it. Oh, that's a good so, point of view. And it really is important to make that that straightness happen so that the quality of a bend is better. And a lot of times the bend is thought of as a lot of inside leg and a lot of inside rein and maybe connection on the outside rein. Um, and if it's, if it's done, you know, without also being on top of that theory of the shoulder should stay in the middle while you're doing it, then the quality of the bend or just the quality of the rideability can really be quite a bit less if the shoulders do end up falling out or you lose kind of steering. You know, steering and straightness, I think, is all kind of yeah. bumped into this idea. I have experienced um, that firsthand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do. We work bend. a lot on that. Yeah. 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 So, but, of course, you have to show bend. I mean, if you're... In uh, you know if you re- if you refine your shoulder in or your half pass or ten meter mm-hmm. circles down to the point where they're ready for the show and of course you have to have bend yeah um, you know like like we talk about in your lessons and when you're watching me ride I do like mm-hmm. to kind of focus on the flexion and the pole being right. sort of the place that I start to, when I'm bending through corners and. and think a lot more about the flexion in the pole more than really pushing the rib cage over with my inside leg because I don't want to push the rib cage over to the outside. I want the rib cage to stay an equal right amount middle. and it's right in the middle, yeah. So to be able to do that like flexion in the middle, which horses don't don't have that much capacity in that region of their back 
to actually to flex as much as you think. The flexion um, is limited in that part of their spine. So you don't right. want to really get a whole lot of bulge in the rib cage on the outside side. Um, I think more about really keeping the balance in the horse back enough on the hind legs that they can lift the weight off the shoulders and they can flex in the pole. And then I re, you know, we really work on a lot of the straightness within the bend. Um, right. When I help you and when you watch me. Yeah, because it seems like you'll end up losing a lot of cadence and balance if you end up just going for too much bend before the horse is ready for it. That's true. That's true, and that's probably because if you know if you don't balance them and in both in both directions, forward, back, and left, right, and you bend, and it does put them on the forehand more, and then the rhythm changes, and um, you know suppleness changes because a horse on the forehand is usually more nervous about being out of balance and can right. stiffen their bodies in different ways. So it adds a lot of quality to just be careful with the amount of bend you add um, in the beginning, and then add it when you know you've got the straightness and balance. Well, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's uh, you, you've been doing great with it in your lessons, and it's um, mm-hmm. it's a super question, and um, it's really improved the quality of all the horses you ride, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's made a big difference. I mean, I think a lot of people just always tell you to push the horse away from your inside leg, and um, once I realized that that's not really the right thing to do, and uh, it really improves the quality of gait, the, the gates of the horses I'm riding too because they're more balanced and then when you add the bend they're right there for you rather than falling all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I guess our suggestion is to, um, you know, use it in a, in limited quantities until you're really quite good at understanding the two of the things together. Yeah. Well. Good advice. Well, I think that's a great question, Hannah. Well done. Um, I think... Uh, you know, this is very useful to sort of unravel, uh, unpack these um, challenges that we face as riders. And uh, I know you're going to address another one in just a minute about uh, managing overriding, Heather, because you touched on it a little bit with what you're facing with Paragon now. But uh, I think if you have any other of those uh, training questions, and I come back on, on the show with, with Heather and we'll uh, certainly address them here because I think this would oh, be... Oh, that would be great. Yeah, great value for our listeners. But uh, we will come to that second one in just a second. But I do want to remind you about our sponsors here, Equestrian Collections, because many riders that started their riding in other disciplines migrate towards dressage as they mature as riders. Physically, emotionally and intellectually, dressage becomes more attractive and at every stage in their life, riders are looking to wear a Appropriate apparel that has often been designed specifically for the sport. Style and functionality are important, as is a certain level of attention to detail and quality. For this reason, there is no better choice than to shop at Equestrian Collections. Their selection is unmatched with the best names in riding attire. For all your riding and stable choices, be sure to visit equestriancollections.com. Well, Heather, um, your second topic of discussion this week is one that you're faced yourself right now and it can apply to anybody it doesn't really matter what you're doing with a horse it's so easy to uh, be faced with this challenge about overriding well it is and, and um it is my biggest challenge right now i think um just where i am with my own horse and um thinking about his future and how good i want him to be how competitive i want him to be and we're all in that at that 
you know, point at some some point or another, whether it's a show or not, even if you just have a clinician coming in and you want your horse to, you know, really show off well or whatever. Um, and it's just a, it's a real question to ask yourself, you know, how much pressure are you putting on and why? Um, I think the more I am considering maybe, you know, pushing for more or adding points to my score, um, the more likely it is that I don't quite listen to my horse the same way that I do if I'm just kind of out there schooling without anything in mind in particular other than just seeing what my horse is up for and kind of just, you know, keeping communication going and seeing where it goes, you know, sort of just open-ended. And, you know, that's my favorite way to train where I'm just out there not thinking about any goals um, as far as uh, scores or, you know, somebody else's evaluation, <laughs> but just sort of my own evaluation of each moment, you know, I guess um, just what I feel is happening, what my horse needs, what might be possible just for that moment, really. That's my favorite way to train, and I think I get the most done when it's like that. But reality is that um, we all have to put goals in front of us so that we don't just kind of languish at the same level all the time. And goals are great because they do make you find out what you're capable of and what it takes to move on, and those are really great for us. But there's going to be a balance because... Um, you know, you do want to have that really in the moment, listening to your horse, not overstressing about something that is in the future, but not in the immediate future, like being that ride. Um, there's got to be a balance between those two things. And I think what I've come up with for myself anyway, lately is just in the past couple of days is, um, I in particular have a horse that is capable of very high scores on particular movements, especially, and I've had that feedback from not just him and what I feel in him, but also from my peers and, um, you know, others in the community. So if I think about that, I want to go out to my next show and let's say I think my horse is capable of a 75%. I'd love to get that. Um, then I consider each movement has to be um, an eight, at least an eight. And then if I get a seven or something, um, it could even out, um, you know, that I would get the average out to be a 75. Well, if I ride where I'm really thinking everything has to be an 8 or a 9 or a 10, I think that's when I would probably push him to the point where he's not with me in the same balance, mental balance, in the same place where I normally ride him, where without those goals in mind, I feel like my horse gives me 10 times more than I ask for. He really tries hard. But if I push him for eights, nines, and tens, then I think he's thinking, why are you pushing me like this? Am I not good enough? So if I go out in the arena and I just ride him at, an, at a level where I think, this is good enough for a six, this is good enough for maybe a seven, and I don't overpush him, that's when he fills in the rest, and he's a, he's a nice enough, generous enough horse that he will fill those in for me, and then that's when I'm going to get the higher points. So it's just been a a really pretty um, enlightening last couple of rides with him where I knew it wasn't going as well as usual the week before and I wanted to change something because it just wasn't quite as positive as it usually has been between him and me. So I kind of took a step back and evaluated the situation a little bit more and that's what I think I'm going to suggest to riders that are 
getting ready to perform at a at something that's that's your goal, whether it's a championship or just a show or just somebody coming to watch or whatever goal it is that you have in front of you and your horse that you really care about. And it's a, it's going to be a an event, and you're looking forward to it. Um, and you really want to, let's say, get points. Um, that if you push, if you kind of, not get greedy, but if you push for the points, chances are that you could actually um, sabotage yourself and, you know, make it so it's not normal riding for you and your horse, and then they might think what's going on. Um, and if you go for just a nice score... That that you and then you are positive about your horse, they will do their part and bring you know bring enough to the party to fill in and get more points than you than you think. And um, past couple rides I've done that way with my horse is really he's really given me um, a feedback that I think it's a really good theory. So good lesson for for me, and I think Paragon's really happy that I've that I've gotten smarter this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're constantly fine-tuning, Heather. You're constantly awake, aware of, you know, the the challenges, the goals, and the, meeting your challenges and fine-tuning every aspect of your partnership with any horse, not just Paragon. But I want to ask Anna here, is there any aspect of that that rings a bell that, that is helpful to you about overriding? Oh, definitely. I think any horse you get on, you can put too much pressure on and expect too much, especially like Heather said, if there's a goal in front of you that you're trying to reach and you sort of take um, the horse's, you know, uh, voice away a little bit and, you know, you're just thinking about your own self and you don't necessarily always listen to your horse and they might not be ready for what you're asking them or, um, you might be putting too much pressure onto them that they end up sabotaging themselves. Um, and when you really step back and just like Heather said, let them, you know, just not put so much pressure on, they'll usually step to the plate up and uh, do what you're asking them to do anyways. I think it's a big uh, lesson for a lot of people. I think you can override any horse you get on. Is this a common situation, Heather, that you find with the clinics that you give around the country? Do you address this with your students? Oh, yeah, um, I do, and uh, for sure. And, and a lot of times it's just about the, you know, the anticipation of um, wanting to look really almost problem-free in front of, you know, in front of me if I come in as a clinician for them, and they're anticipating the clinic, and they want everything to go really well. They want me to be impressed with how they ride and how their horses are, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's all of a sudden they're thinking they can ride, but there's no problems, or that, you know, their horse doesn't do anything wrong, and that's just not reality. So I think it's just, it, um, it's, it's important to stay realistic, to know that nobody's ever perfect, and that you have to keep the riding basically normal. You know, whatever normal is for you and your horse, whatever normal progress is, normal expectations normal pressure. You have to keep doing that and you have to have enough time doing that so that you can reach pretty high goals. I mean, I want to go to the Olympics. That's a high goal. And I, and I want to put on enough pressure to do that, but, um, it has to be, you know, daily increments and not like all of a sudden now we really have to do something different. Mm -hmm. That just, it's yeah. different. It has to stay at the right pace. Yeah. At the right pace. Yeah. 
at the right pace. Well, I should apologise to our listeners. I am not responsible for Heather's movements while she's on the phone on the show with us. Uh, anything could happen. And if, you've yeah. no, if you notice a difference in the audio quality, it is solely down to Heather. Of course, it's not my end at all. It's always my fault. That's why I come on to the show, because I'm a great scapegoat. <laughs> if there's noise, oh, it's Heather's fault. <laughs> it could <right>. be mine. <laughs> yeah, Hannah's the one in the barn right now. Yeah. Oh, right. It could be the, it's the horse's fault. Oh, that's right. Blame the horses. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're coming to the end of the show. Before we come to the end of the show, though, of course, Heather has got her usual tip of the week in just a second. And I have also got an app of the week, which I'm going to share with Heather, too. So don't go away, because uh, first of all, I want to tell you about our other valued sponsors on the show, Equisketch. They're a great new company dedicated to providing the best mobile apps for every rider. Each app has been designed to be used by riders of all ages and all levels of experience. With Equisketch Dressage, you can replace your dressage paper or dry erase boards and begin learning all your dressage tests on your iPhone or iPad. The Equisketch board allows you to study in a flashcard style by hiding the step instructions while visualizing your location in the arena. Every test can also be viewed in a written format and later shared with your dressage students or fellow riders. Equisketch Records allows you to manage all your horses and shows on the go. Track every medication, vet visit, dental exam, farrier work and more, complete with built-in reminders. Equisketch has some of the best-selling equestrian apps on the iTunes App Store, which have already been purchased in over 35 countries. They're available for the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch. So visit equisketch.com slash HRN for more information or search Equisketch in iTunes. Equisketch is dedicated to making your Equestrian Life mobile one app at a time. And I know you're all about apps, Heather. So before I get to my app of the week, you have your tip of the week. Well, right, um, and I thought this was a good one uh, for those of you who are riding with a double bridle, so um, or if you're going to be in the future. Um, it seems like at almost every clinic I go to, and a lot of times people come in for lessons and they have the double bridles on, and um, a lot of times I end up adjusting the curb chain in a way that actually makes them tighter than what most people have them on the horse. And the reason I think that it is valuable or that that's better is a looser curb chain means that when you come to use the curb rein, which if you're not using it, then, you know, of course you are at some points in the ride because that's why you have it on the horse. So when you need it, it's there, and then you release the pressure once it's made its effect. If you have to use the curb chain or the curb rein and the chain is really long, then you have to pull the bit at an angle pretty far back in the horse's mouth until the curb chain makes contact with the horse's chin. And at that point, when the curb, when the curb bit has gotten pulled to um, a greater angle, then, you know, there's a distance from the mouthpiece um, up on the bit to where it attaches to the cheek piece of the bridle. So because that is going to be pulled forward and the, ba- the bottom of the, or the, bottom, the shank of the curb bit, of course, gets pulled backward toward the rider's hand, the top of the bit pulls forward, and then it puts actually more pressure on the horse's pole when the top of the bit gets pulled forward. So the angle of the bit, and then, of course, there's the, there's the angle of the mouthpiece and where the port is, and depending on the shape of the port that you use, um, they're, they're not really designed to be pulled very far back. So I feel like the riders who think that they're being nicer to their horses or more kind by 
having the curb bit or the curb chain looser, I feel like it's actually more pressure on the horse than, and it's and it's less good for them than having the bit uh, the curb chain tighter. So if the curb chain is adjusted tighter, of course, then if you don't want to make pressure on the on the chain, then you just lessen the curb rein in your hand, and you keep a light contact on that curb rein. But then if you need to use it, and the curb chain is is um, snug, you know, probably just to get one finger between the curb chain and the chin is where I usually put it. Um, but I don't like the three-finger rule because I think then you have to pull harder uh, or a bit further back before it makes its effect. And then already in the horse's, it's changing the horse's mouth. Um, they end up being heavier and more likely to kind of lean and pull on curb reins, the horses do, when the chains are looser. So I think it's actually more fair, nicer, and less pressure on the horse's mouth and pole to have the curb chain where you can just put like one finger in between and then the bit stays at the right angle on the horse's mouth and they usually respond way quicker to the curb rein and then the release on the curb rein is also way, way quicker. So I just think it's a way better situation and it's it's fairer, nicer, allows a quicker release, a more responsive horse and a much more effective curb rein and the message gets crossed quicker and everything is um, is better. And I just feel like horses are yeah, more responsive, lighter, and they're ending up leaning way less and they stay in a better balance. So that was kind of just a quick tip for this week, but I think it's a really good one and a lot of people, I think, are making that mistake. That's a great tip, actually. And, of course, we know each other well enough that I can argue with you, right? I'm not going to always go. Of agree. course, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue with it, except, you know, there's the one finger rule or the three finger would be too much, but I tend to go for the two finger. Is that okay? Well, I'll have to see you ride, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get up to Kentucky and uh, see you ride with your two finger rule. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how quickly your horse responds. And if they're strong and heavy and you feel like they're leaning, then I would just suggest shortening it more and and still being able to you know get the effect quicker so that the release of the curb rein is more clear and effective. So if your horse would really respond well to the, if it were the curb chain with two fingers, then that's then that's right for your horse. Mm-hmm. or if it's three fingers if that's right for your horse but I just find that normally horses that are adjusted their curb chains adjusted like that it isn't snug enough and um, it ends up where they're leaning too much so that's a good question and everyone should of course go you know carefully and if you adjust if you make it shorter of course take it very carefully if you first you know if you apply pressure the first time when it's shorter and you know make sure that your horse can accept it but in my experience they're they're better mm-hmm if your if your horse rears up, it's too tight. It's too tight. <laughs> of course, you have a yeah. You have to have a much softer hand than when you have it a little more snug. And just the position of the bit in the mouth that I think makes the biggest difference, and the less pull pressure. Do you want to mention lip straps? Do you use lip straps? Um, I don't, but I don't have any horses that really try to grab the shank right now. So um, you know, that's what it's for: is to keep them from getting the the shank in their mouth if they're kind of busy there and grabbing on that. So I have not um, used one of those and uh, haven't really seen too many of my peers using them lately either. But Well, well because I, I didn't grow up in these parts, you know, I, I grew up in rural England and the lip strap over there for hunting purposes and for showing was uh, in case the uh, the curb chain became unhooked so you never you didn't lose it. 
Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Well, I just clamp one side of the. I just clamp one of the. Um, you clamp one closed. One yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People too tend to do that more these days. But uh, you know the very old school of tack cleaning. We know back in the day, Heather, long before your time, of course. <laughs> that, <laughs> they would take the obviously strip the. The, are you listening, Hannah? Because they would strip the bridle, they would <laughs> strip the bridle down piece by piece, and clean. Well, yeah. uh, Hannah is such a great groom and such a great cat cleaner <laughs> that I, I don't have to worry about that. that. You do, <laughs> yeah. And and they would take, take it all apart. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. You see, Hannah is of the old school, and then you would take the take the uh, curb chain off and the lip strap and clean those because you know how gungy they can get in the where you fold the lip strap they can be get very get very gungy so you need to make sure you keep those clean because that the leather will rot there very quickly because it's constantly folded and the lip strap is so uh, the curb chain is so much easier to to clean once it's stripped anyway but but uh, clearly hannah's way ahead of you heather on on the tack cleaning stakes Yes, that's why I keep her around. Yes, the pack cleaning. All right. All right, well, that's a great great tip anyway about the curb chain adjustment. Thank you for that, Heather. And my my app of the week is an iPhone app called Heytel. I'm absolutely loving it. H-E-Y-T-E-L-L. It transforms your iPhone into a two-way radio. So you can uh, page people when you can't be texting if you're driving. Or riding, for those of you who try texting while you're riding, this is even better because if you want to reach somebody really quickly, you just use it like a two-way radio. Do you like that idea, Heather? Well, I do. I don't know if my lifestyle would actually demand that, but I think it's a pretty great idea. It's very cool. In fact, I use that it is. with uh, my my neighbor, and I'm helping her with her horses, and, and she's right next door to me, and it's very quick and easy. You know, you just hold your finger down and just have a quick message, and it saves you having to type in a, a text so that's my my hey tell is my t- my app of the week have you got any apps to recommend heather uh, i'm going to defer to hannah on that one okay oh i haven't been up to date with that so i'm too busy with all these ponies everywhere <laughs> <laughs> okay we're useless this time Chris. all Sorry. right yeah. you're, you're out of it okay well um next time you do come on heather i was i'm picking up on one of the things you mentioned in your tips just now um, about adding points to your score maybe you'd like to address that the goals and adding points to your score in a future topic that sounds like a good one we could all use all right. Well, that about wraps it up for for this week, um, Heather. Um, have you got any anything exciting on your schedule that's fit to be broadcast? That's fit to be broadcast. Oh, you had to ruin it. No. no. Um, <laughs> is this cable? No. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, well, I am going to be on the road doing some clinics coming up soon in Minnesota and Ohio and um, Nashville and Quebec. So I'm looking forward to a summer schedule this year. And um, I am thinking about um, trying to get myself organized to get me and my um, scruffy well, pony uh, yes, yes. over to Europe to do a little prancing around over there. So um, that's uh, hopefully going to come together, but still a lot to figure out. So All we'll right. see about that. Well, take care of that scruffy pony. He he might have a future in in a gymkhana somewhere around. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> he might exceed the height requirement. Ah, that is a problem. Yes, yes. He yeah. he might just he might just and and so too might you. Yes. 
Yeah, just. Not the age requirement, though. No, not the age requirement. There's no age limit. No. No, No it's the height. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I want to thank Hannah for joining us this week. I hope you'll come back on and um, and challenge Heather again in the future with uh, some advice. Training topics, so uh, I'll I'll leave you to come up with those ideas then, and we'll circle back around in a few weeks' time. And Heather, thanks for coming back on. You're you're a glutton for punishment, aren't you? That's why you love me. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, I want it was to remind you. Fun. Thanks. Well, we try to make it fun on on here. And, of course, if you've got any questions or comments for Heather, you know where to send them. Send them over to me, chris at horseradionetwork.com. Any mail at all, and I'll forward it all to Heather. doesn't matter what it's about. If it's for the eventing radio show or the jumping radio show, I'll forward it to Heather. And in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, so don't forget Chris at horseradionetwork.com and our show notes, of course, are on dressageradio.com where you can check out our links to the Audible free trial, a month free trial at audible.com and also the hallway feeds. If you want an app to listen to the shows on the go, there's a link there on our website. And also, if you want to do some shopping at Amazon, there's a link on our website too. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page and also Paragon's fan page. Increases numbers of getting up into the 600s i think now and heather's fan page as well we'll put a link there too and you can follow heather heather or hither you can come hither and follow heather at twitter <laughs> <laughs> at heather blitz and you can follow me of course at chrissy stafford and horse radio well that wraps it up again as i said my thanks to heather blitz for joining us as always and for anna michaels for being a good sport on the show this week i will be back of course same time same place next week so until then thank you all for listening.